Amen. Listen, if you were here on Wednesday, then you kind of know what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning. One of the things that we're going to be talking about this morning uh, is this idea of how we live out the gospel. Uh, part of living out the gospel uh, is learning how to overcome adversity. Uh, and this is just something that the Lord has been uh, pressing upon me. And, you know, I don't claim to be uh, a prophet to the nations. I don't claim to be a pastor to the nations. What I claim to be is the pastor of Fellowship of Champions and those that are connected to Fellowship of Champions. And as a result, the word that the Lord gives me, uh, I feel obligated to make sure that those who are connected to FOC hear and understand the importance of what God is warning us about. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Sean this morning and I was fasting all last week and uh, just in my time of fasting and, and talking to God, there were things that obviously he was showing me personally, but there was also things he was showing me corporately. And I am a firm believer. And, and, we, and we were laughing this morning because in our relationship, we don't use the words ever and never. Right. We just don't, right. we don't say you always or oh. you don't never. But literally every time that the Lord has come to me and said to me personally, hey, I'm going to need you to protect your heart because there are those who are going to come to you who have walked away from me, who are going to need restoration. Every time he has said that, there has been something traumatic that has happened in the earth realm and impacted the people who were supposed to have been following Jesus. And as a result, they have to come back. And for me, I have I have to be careful. And I said to Pastor Sean, I have to be careful because I feel like, hey, if you leave my daddy, then, then you just out there. And the Lord says, no, 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 that's not how we behave. And so I need you to prepare your heart now because adversity, tribulation, and struggle is coming just like it did in the days of the Passover when I told all the children to cover their doorposts with the blood of the lamb, with hyssop. And those that did it, when the calamity came, they escaped scot-free. Those who didn't saw lots of death and destruction. And so I don't say that to make this like a gloom and doom message. I am telling you that now is the time to not get relaxed on the things of God. I am telling you now is not the time. And I know I laugh and I joke and I play a lot, but you need to have your spiritual ears to be able to perk up when I, when I, when I, when I begin to speak like this. When I begin to tell you that, that, that very soon in the months to come, there are things that are going to come your way that if you prepare for it now, they will not derail you. They will not throw your life off. You won't be shipwrecked. You, your, your, your faith won't fail you. But it doesn't begin with trying to, to learn and do all of that in the midst of the trial and tribulation. You have it's like it's like saying you want to prepare to run a marathon the day of the marathon. It doesn't work that way. You have to prepare for the marathon before you run the marathon. And so part of that is this idea of how to live the gospel. I had no idea when we started teaching this that God was going to say those things to me. But this makes so much sense. Part of us living out the gospel message is learning how to overcome adversity so that people who are going through adversity come to us and ask us how we're doing it. And then we get a chance to introduce Jesus to them because everything God really does is about us having opportunities to introduce others to him. 
because his whole desire, Jesus's whole desire was to call us back to him. Reconciliation is the ministry of everyone. It is the ministry of everyone. It's the ministry of it's everyone. The ministry of everyone. And, well, and, and before, so that's so that's to me, it's just like we've got to we've got to dig into this because I'm telling you, there are people out there who have been lax with the things God has told them to do. They, in some cases, they, 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 and people are like, well, I didn't walk away from God, but I walk away from the church. But you're not getting instruction where you are. You're not growing where you are. So you say you got a relationship with God, but like you ain't talked to him in two weeks. You only ever talk to him when you need something. That's not a relationship that's going to allow you to overcome a shipwreck situation. You were saying? Well, I just think that this is so important and I think it's so I not funny, not as the as the kids say, not funny, ha ha, but right. funny. I think it's really funny because you know, when you were talking to me on the way over here and you were saying, Hey, listen, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but I know what the Lord is saying mm -hmm. to me. And I was saying, I said to you that one of the ways. One of my clear indications when I know something is coming on the earth realm is the Lord will start to deal with me so strongly about obedience. He will not really let me talk about anything else. No matter what I'm talking about, he keeps saying, tell the people to obey, tell the people to obey, tell the people to obey. And I was saying that you didn't know this because you don't follow a lot of prophetic voices. Mm -hmm. But I said, every prophet, that I have any measure of respect for, male, female, black, white, Native American, no matter where they are in this world, have said that we have entered into a season that there is going to be a distinctive mark between those who walk with God and those who are not walking with God. And I heard somebody say, it's going to look like Goshen. Now, you just use the reference to Goshen, which is when the children of Israel mm -hmm. were in Goshen and the and the and Egypt was under these plagues. Locusts was coming. Grasshoppers was coming. Frogs was coming. And in Goshen, they still had the sun shining and they were still living good. And so what I want to say is because I know that there are many people who have not necessarily been with us a long time, but I want to back up because I think it's so important. The Bible says, if you believe God, you'll be established. The Bible says, if you believe the prophet, you will prosper. The purpose of a prophetic word, even a warning is so that we will prosper yes. in every season. Mm -hmm. Say that even a warning even a warning. And I know that we get to the point where all people want to hear is God is going to bless me. God is going to bless me. God is going to bless me. But many times that blessing is going to come through correction. He is going to say, here is where you are off. Here is where your thinking is out of alignment with mine. And here is where I'm trying to prosper you. Now I want to say this. Before we went into the pandemic in 2019, mm -hmm. you gave us a word mm -hmm. and you told us that we were going to prosper no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. And that word caused many of us, even in a pandemic, to live better than we had ever lived before. If you were a part of that, go ahead and testify. Mm -hmm. Man, listen, my business made more money than it had ever made. I reached more people than I had ever reached. My health was better. Everything because you gave us a word and that word was designed to anchor us. That word said to us, we, we didn't know there was a pandemic coming. No, we didn't know that. But what God gave you was a word that said, 
no matter what is happening in the earth, look to me to prosper you. Chandra's right. That word became our anchor, mm -hmm. right? Now, I want to go back. When we were in Conway, you gave us a word before the big recession. Mm -hmm. And you began to say to all of our partners this several years ago, guys, you need to make at least $40,000. Yep. Guys, you need to stay plugged into what God is doing. And those of us who pursued that word, we walked out victory during the recession when other people were struggling, right? Yep. I have seen this. You are not a person who literally is like every day, I got this prophetic mm -hmm. word, but you are incredibly accurate. And anytime you have said to us, be aware, pay attention, this is what is happening. We have seen it come to pass. Now, I am telling you that he is not even a little bit off. I am telling you guys, there are many believers right now that you are living a double life. Some of you are living worse than a double life because you are out here doing whatever you want to do and you are manipulating the gospel for to talk about grace, to talk about love, to talk about these things in a way to justify doing what you're doing. And, and, here, and here's, here, here's the thing that I think has to be said, because a lot of times what happens is we end up preaching to the choir. What I'm saying is, as your pastor, be very careful about the company that you're keeping in this time, because the dreams that I keep having are dreams of almost like a tug of war where people are being pulled to one side and they're being pulled to that side because they're keeping such casual influences with others. The people who show up on the broadcast, the people who come and listen to the messages, the ones who are coming to Friday prayer, the ones who are sowing and giving, I know that it sounds like we're preaching to the choir, but what I'm saying is I'm preaching to you in the sense that do not allow the casualness of so many others in this society to pull you to the other side. Well, I think that that's such a good point that when you watch the world get casual, when you watch other believers get casual, you have to intensify. Yes. You have when the world, when the world and the church start to sound alike. Yeah. You have to intensify when people begin to say, oh, it's not a big deal if we do this. Oh, it's not a big deal if we do that. Believers who really love God have to anchor themselves mm -hmm. in and make this declaration for God I live and for God I die. Mm -hmm. You have to become resolute, which is why I thought this is such a good teaching because you're saying to us, hey, guys, listen, listen, you know, the reason that God tells them not to fear. The only reason God ever tells you not to fear is that you have an opportunity yeah. to fear. The there's no fear. reason to tell you yeah. not to fear if yeah. there's not an opportunity to fear, right? So when you come to us and you say to us, guys, you've got to develop perseverance. The only reason that we would need to develop perseverance is that there's going to be opportunities to not persevere. And I believe that some of that perseverance is around Will I stand firm when everybody else seems to shake? When everybody else, and I want to read this because I did make this as a Facebook post and then you can transition. And I did, at the time, I didn't know that you um, had had any of the dreams or any of the things that you had seen. 
I said this morning a couple hours ago, I said the spirit clearly says that in the latter time, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience has been seared with a hot iron. Well, I didn't make that up. That's actually 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 12. And so we are deeply concerned about the number of believers who are being led away from the gospel by the people they look up to the people that can speak into the life, the people that they like their posts, they like their memes, right? And I just want to say to you, man, listen, we have an amazing pastor who really has a heart to see us walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity. But you said this one thing in the car, and you talked about how we have to be careful about not mentally assenting as opposed to being in faith. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to mentally assent to things and to think that you, because you understand something intellectually, that you also somehow understand it on a on a spiritual level. Uh, and, and, and we have to be careful not to um, think that we're going down one path when actually we're being pulled down another. Uh, and, and, and that's, I was talking about mentally ascending, I was talking about myself. Uh, and what the Lord has shared with me, that there are times that I think I'm doing something uh, because I know it intellectually, but I don't necessarily have all of the real depth of understanding because I'm doing it out of my intellect, not listening to Holy Spirit. And so I think that's just important for people to understand. And so really uh, we'll, let's get into we'll get into today's teaching. Uh, I don't I know how did, but go ahead. Yeah, I don't know how far we'll get. But uh, I, I want to tell you that, again, we're talking about how to live out the gospel. Uh, and this is part two of overcoming adversities, part four in this series, part two in this idea of overcoming adversity. Uh, and again, God doesn't talk to us about overcoming adversity if there's not adversity to overcome. Right. Part of living out the gospel message is learning how to overcome life's adversity. And part of that is, is learning that we don't need to operate by the world system. I know yes. people say that so much, but I went back and read one of our favorite scriptures, like it's in Romans, uh, Romans 12 and 2. In Romans 12 and 2, it tells us to be not conformed to this world. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And when you start thinking about this idea of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, it does not happen automatically. Right. Just because you say, I love Jesus, doesn't mean your mind gets renewed. That's so good. And I think people think that somehow that that, that because they, their spirit gets born again, that somehow that makes them their, their mind new. Your mind does not get new unless it is reprogrammed. Come and reprogramming on. is always purposefully. And, 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 and we know that the kingdom of darkness mirrors the kingdom of light. Mm -hmm. And so if the kingdom of light says we need to be reprogrammed, then what is the kingdom of darkness going to try to do? Reprogram, reprogram us. And so that's why you have so many people who, and, and I'll just say it, you got people who, who claim that they're, they're pastors and ministers and, and prophets and stuff. And now they're telling you all kinds of things that are absolutely contrary to the word. And I don't mean like you have to wonder, they're literally telling you something. And the Bible says in black and white, the exact opposite, yes. the exact opposite. But because you have esteemed those people, because Come you on. have viewed them as being, uh, you know, good teachers or, or or they have whatever influence because they're charismatic, then you end up listening to them and you start to doubt what you know. 
what the word says. You start to doubt what you know. You know that the word says X, but because they are now saying this, now you're wondering which one is right or not. In the voice translation, it says it like this. Romans 12 and 2 in the voice says it like this. It says, do not allow this world to mold you in its own image. Mm. Don't allow the world Mm -hmm. to mold you in its own image. It says, instead, be transformed from the inside out. Be tr- get something working in here, in your heart and in your mind. You know, we talked about taming your tongue. We talk about taming your thoughts, taming your temperament and taming Whoa. your team. He says, listen, don't allow this world to make you think that now it's not important to go to church. Don't let this world make you think that it's not important to have community. Don't make this world think that it don't matter if you give. Don't make this world think that it doesn't matter whether you have connection to a local body of believers. Don't let this world make you think that it's okay to just go off on an island by yourself because God never called us to be isolated in the kingdom. He says, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind. As a result, you will be able to discern, to understand and do That's what discern is, what God's will and whatever God finds good. Remember what we said, one of the things we said last week about exhibiting high high quality character was that you had to hate evil and and love love God. God. He says, literally, you will be able to discern what is evil. You can't hate what you don't know. You got to know what evil is. But if the world molds you and tells you that it's okay for you to do a little fornication, for you to not tithe, for you to not go to church, for you to not fast, for you to not pray. If, if, if the church says you ain't got to do all that, it doesn't take all that, and they mold you into that, you don't know what evil is. So you can't even hate it. It says, oh, it says and then you will discern what God's will and whatever God finds good, pleasing and complete. I think this is so good because it says you will be able to discern what God's will is. Mm -hmm. To me, this is so important because when you look at Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led into the wilderness, when the enemy tried to get him to disobey God, he actually used the word to do it. Right back at it. He used the word to get him to disobey. And when you don't have proper discernment, People will use scripture, but because you can't discern what was their intent in saying it, what was the spirit behind it? So if you go back and you guys read this, Jesus tells Jesus on a fast. He's been led into the wilderness by the spirit and he's on a fast. And the devil says to him, hey, why don't you turn these stones into bread, which was fully within his capability to do. But the enemy wants him to do it to disobey God. And he came at him at a place where he was weak. Yes. He knew that he had been fasting. He knew that he hungered. So he said, why don't you turn these stones into bread? When you neglect the word of God, that is where the enemy is going to attack you. Because you don't, he's going to attack you wherever your weakness is, but you don't have word to refute it. And so you end up doing the very thing you say you loathe. Well, and I'll say this is that a lot of people, um, let me say it the right way. When you don't want to live righteously, you surround yourself with preachers who don't live righteously. Mm -hmm. So when you don't, when your heart is not to obey God, what you do is you flock to people 
who have a form of godliness, who, who identify themselves as spiritual, but they really don't have an interest in living for God. And they won't hold you accountable. And, and that's really why, that's you, really want why them, you want them, because they're not going to hold you accountable. And if they try, just like we said before, mm -hmm. if they try, you say to them, you don't have the right to say this to me because you do the same thing that I do. Yeah. The reality of it is, is that the scripture is clear that those who preach the gospel are held to a higher standard and we should have a, there is just, listen, here's just the facts. You and I know this, the, the accountability on our life is just higher. It is, it's, it's just, just higher. higher. It's just higher. And what I would say to those of you who are preachers and ministers of the gospel who have backed up off of righteousness. The other thing is that when we don't preach righteousness, the Bible says the blood is required on our hands because this is really how the world works. Many times the people who are teaching wrong are teaching loud and people know it's wrong, but they won't say anything. People go, I don't want to get involved in that. I'm not going to have that conversation. Well, the accountability is still on us who knew and won't say anything because we don't feel like it's our problem. But the Bible says we are our brother's keeper. The Bible says that if we see somebody in sin, we're supposed to restore them. And I just love that voice translation. It says, don't let the world mold you into its own image. Be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. What are we using to renew our mind? The word of God, but the Holy Spirit speaking us the word of God, because the moment we start looking at the word, trying to see what we can get away with, we don't have the right intent. And I think it's important to note, and I'm not saying you saying this, I, I, I'm saying it for me so that people have the right expectation. You don't have to send me messages of false of people teaching stuff that are, right. that are wrong. I'm not going to be out here spending my time and my energy trying to uh outword what people are doing i'm called a pastor fellowship of champions church international and it's partners and so what passion is right people have to say something i'm saying something in my avenue in my venue about telling you what is right and what is wrong and how you have a standard to live by but don't send me messages in, in, in my inbox and stuff or preachers saying it's okay to, to, to fornicate i've seen all those messages they're wrong and you should know they're wrong. And the moment you hear that, you shouldn't be listening to them anymore. And if you continue to listen to them, it's because you have an itching ear to hear what they're saying. Whoa. And so I, I, I want to be clear on, on, on that. So, you know, when we talk about, and that's a part of adversity, part of adversity is, oh, I like what they're saying. I like their teaching style. Am I going to keep listening to them? Part of overcoming adversity is saying, hey, you, you know, maybe, maybe the person that I really who listen to ain't as charismatic as, as maybe this person A is really charismatic, person B isn't. But it's person B teaching you the word. Because if person B is saying, hey, we, we live by a standard. Here's the standard of God. It's required of me. It's required of you and the person next to you. And the other person is telling you, oh, it don't matter. You know, getting drunk every now and then ain't no big deal. And there are literally people, pastors, who are telling people that it's okay if they get drunk every now and then. It is okay if they smoke weed. It is okay if they fornicate. You ain't got to come to church. You ain't got to be a part of the a part of the of a ministry. When the Bible clearly says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And people are believing all of those things. You got to know, I love God. 
I hate evil. Yes. And then you got to make a decision to yes. do that. And Jesus says, listen, this is not going away. He says the, the troubles that you face, whether they be spiritual, whether they be financial, whether they be emotional, whether they be mental, whether they be vocational, in this world, you are going to have troubles. It's what the Bible says in John 16 and 33. He says, as long as you're in this world, trouble's going to show up. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have what? Peace. Why do I need peace? Because trouble's going to be all around me. He says, in this world, you will have peace. He says, in the world, ye shall have. Ye shall have. That's a legal term. It means you're not going to escape trouble by giving your life to Christ. He says, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Those are troubles. He says, but even though you're having them, do what? Be, Be of good, good cheer. cheer. Why? Because you have peace. Why do you have peace? Because I have done what? Overcome, Overcome the, the world. world. And so the problem is, is that there's a day of adversity coming. There's a day of calamity coming that we have not seen yet. And those who say they love God, but have been neglecting God and neglecting the things of God, you are not going to have peace when that adversity shows up. You are not going to have joy. You're not going to be of good cheer. You are not going to know where to run to because you haven't been in the one who has all of those things. And I, I, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I sound like it. I feel like I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like I'm angry. I'm not angry, but I am concerned about the number of believers who are so casually walking away from the things of God. And it's, it's like, y'all, do, do you not see the trap? It's like, do you not see the setup? Do you not see what he's doing? He is literally, he, it's, it's, he's lulling you to sleep. He, it's like a kidnapper. He, he is he you're you're a two-year-old he got a white van and some candy and a puppy and a puppy asking you to come help it heaven find his lost puppy he'll give you some candy and like a fool you just wander into the van it's like guys wake up and see what he is doing you don't sound angry. okay good you know you don't <laughs> you don't sound angry but this is what i said to people when i was teaching on healing that the reality of it is is you should be thankful for people who care enough to sound a warning when everybody else is saying it's okay to go over there. You should be thankful for people who will get on their face and pray for you and say, listen, I see this trap at the enemy. And when you were talking, it made me think about basketball. And you know how like when somebody's running the press, like there is really only one way to beat the press. Mm. You have to pass through the press. Mm -hmm. You cannot dribble through the press, right? And over and over again, you, you, and you and Coach Matt and, and Coach Pat would say to those girls, do not dribble into the trap. I am telling you, people who are telling you that it is okay to live any kind of way, they are the trap. Yeah. Yeah. They are the trap. They want you to go to and the they, corner. <laughs> they want you to go to the corner to get trapped in. And some of them don't even realize how they are being used by the enemy because they have operated in offense. They are operating in unforgiveness. And some of it, honestly, is rebellion. Yeah. The truth of it is, we live in a very rebellious state. We do. We live in a rebellious time 
where nobody wants anybody to tell them what to do. You can just watch TikTok. When I got through with healing school, I really just watched TikTok all day yesterday to just decompress, right? And you can see over and over again that people don't want that. They, they not only don't want to be told how they should come to church. They do not want to be told how they should dress to go into a certain restaurant. They do not want to be told how they should dress to go to court. They should, do not want to be told that they should go to work on time. They, it's a, it, it, it literally is a spirit of rebellion that literally says, I have the right to do whatever I want to do. And if you don't like it, you're the bad person. And so here, he, the Bible says for us to be not ignorant of Satan's devices. He says, do not, ignorant doesn't mean dumb. He says, don't be unlearned about how the enemy operates. All he wants to do is find one area. Hear me. All he wants to do is find one area of your life where you are offended, where you are hurt, where you are angry. And, and, and he wants to get you to rebel in that area to what is right. And if he can get you to rebel mm. in that one area, in that if it, what what no, he's looking for a weakness, and if he can get you to rebel in that one area, then rebellion will spread like cancer in a body, and that's what he's looking for. And the reason we see so many people who Jesus. we never thought would rebel in a one particular area is because they were open to rebellious in another. And, and literally, as I fasted this week, that's one of the things, that's one of the five things that God talked to me about. It was about understanding how even if I feel, and he was talking to me, even if I, and I'm so I'm talking to you, even if I'm justified in what I think I'm doing, if he tells me to do something different and I don't do it, even if I'm trying to use the word to justify it, I'm in rebellion. And if I'm in rebellion in that area, the enemy can have access to every other area of my life. And if you don't believe me, just live long enough and watch and see. Get rebellious in one area, even in the area where you think you're right, where you're using the word of God and says, well, the Bible says blah, blah, blah. But Holy Spirit is telling you something different. And when you rebel in that area, it becomes easier to rebel in this area, in this area, in this area. And that's why we see so many believers who we never thought would be rebelling in one area start to be more and more rebellious because it's a spirit. It is. It is Rebellion is a spirit. Have you ever, and I, I know this may sound weird, but have you ever had, took a newborn baby and that newborn baby smells just like the mother or the father because they, they, they're, they're holding the baby so often that the baby gets the scent of the mother or the father, when you start to entertain and do things that the devil does, you get the same scent that he has. And he has a scent of rebellion on him. It's the thing that got him kicked out of heaven. It, so you, you begin to smell like the devil. And then you start hanging around other people and then your nasty rebellious scent gets on them. And then when they wouldn't rebel, now they rebelling. And it just becomes this calamity of people who are together in this situation where now they're rebelling, they're rebelling against their pastors, they're rebelling against the word of God, they're rebelling against Holy Spirit, they're rebelling against their boss. And all the devil is doing is setting you up. 
He's setting you up so that at just the opportune time, he can pull that carpet from underneath your feet and watch you fall and laugh as you're down there, as you have to crawl back to the people who you've been rebellious to. And that's how I know it's happening, because the Lord says to me over and over and over. And, I, and I, when we said it happens every time, he says, Edwin, I need you to keep your heart open. And he only said that because I have the potential to do what? Close my heart. He's like, I need you to keep your heart open because I'm going to have to send them back to you. You're my representative and you're going to have to restore them. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, you know, it's one thing to walk away from me, but you walk away from my daddy, then you out there. And he says, no, you can't do that. And so I understand that if God starts to talk to me like that, he's waking me up. He's keeping me up. He's asking me not to eat. That is because he is impressing up on me what I need to prepare to do because they not listening. And, and so it's like, man, I need you to understand. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I do. I, I get that. I am preaching to the choir. But I am saying to you to be aware that when those people and the enemy begins to talk to you about the things that you're doing and you're so serious, you, you always reading your word. You always on that computer going to service. You getting up in the morning at prayer. Why are you giving your money? That's the first thing people do to try to get you, to, to pull you into rebellion. They're looking for a weak spot. And it's not even the people. It's the enemy. He's looking for a weak spot. And but the Bible tells us that when the enemy comes, he should not find any doors open. Close the door. And that is why I have been saying to many of you, who you left ministry because you were offended, the season for that is over. Yes. Get back planted. Yeah. You have been telling that story and the enemy is using your telling of that story to continue to weaken you because he wants to take you further. And this is what the old folks say. And it's the truth. The thing about sin, baby, is that sin will always, always. take you further than you want it to yeah. go and keep you longer than you want it to be kept. Now, I want to say this because now you're making so much of my life make sense. Now, I think that you would agree this. With I've said this before. There are very few things that you actually tell me to do. Very few. But if you tell me to do something, I do it. Mm -hmm. I, I make myself bow. And, and it can just be something as simple as, hey, I don't think you need to eat that right now. If you say, hey, don't eat that, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to eat that. And I do that because it is the practice. It is the practice of submitting. We were driving home from church a couple of months ago. My car is faster than yours. Mm -hmm. And we were on 265. And I was about to pass you. Just drive it. And the Holy Spirit said, it's important that you stay behind him in this season, even if he's not going as fast as you want him to go. He said, so I want you to slow down and follow him all the way home. Now, I realize that people don't realize that those are small ways that the Holy Spirit is teaching you. It's small ways. He was saying to me in this season, Edwin is going to be saying some things. He's going to be going and you're going to want to go faster. You're going to want to do it differently. But in this season, stay behind him, slow down and follow. And I was thinking about how like during the pandemic, there were people that God had us helping, particularly me. There were people God had me helping. And I knew, I want y'all to hear me. 
I knew some of those people were running a hustle on me. I knew they were running a hustle. And the Lord was like, but I told you to give. Yeah. because I told you to give because I'm trying to turn their hearts. I want you to give because I'm trying to turn their hearts. And two of the people, about six months before the grace came up, the Lord told me to tell them that he know you're playing with him. He knows you're not serious about the word. And if you don't change, he's going to cut this faucet off. I told them both. I kept giving the way the Lord told me to give. And I want to be honest with you. There were times I would say to you, I do not want to give them this money. They run in a hustle. They don't do what they're supposed to do. They're not even trying to live for the Lord. And you would say, you better do what the Lord told you to do. Both of them ended up in a situation, in a terrible situation. And the Lord said, do not help. Yeah. Do not help. And that's the part of God that we don't talk about because there is a scripture that, that has shaken me for years where Paul says, give them up to the devil mm -hmm. so their soul will be saved. Yeah. We don't realize that because God is gracious, he'll keep mm -hmm. saying, help Sean. Chris, help Sean. Chris, help Sean. I want to turn her. I want to turn her. I don't want her to have to get these consequences to turn. But see, God is ultimately concerned about our eternity. So at some point, God will say, Chris, back up. She won't listen. Let these consequences get her so her soul will be saved. And I think that, that I think we keep, I was saying to you the other day, when I'm watching people quote scripture, they are literally throwing away other parts of the New Testament to make a point. Mm -hmm. And in order to talk about grace and mercy, they are throwing away the scripture that says that whom the Lord chastens, he that whom mm -hmm. the Lord loves, he chases. They are literally throwing away scriptures to keep this false doctrine of grace and love in operation. But it's not even really grace and love. It's really a manipulation tactic to allow me to do what I want to do and not have any accountability. That it's really well, not, it's really not even love and it's not even grace. Because if you look at God's love and God's grace, God is it Paul just says it over and over that, 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 that God only chastises us because he loves us. In the same way that a parent would tell their kid, listen, don't play in the street. Don't play in the street. A car might hit you. When you go across that street, look both ways. The reason a parent almost grabbed their child's arm out of the socket is to stop, it's, it's to save their life. The, the fact that you don't want God to snatch you, the fact that you don't want God to say nothing to you, you're using the words love and you're using the words grace to basically say, I want to be able to do what I want to do, not feel any condemnation about it, not to feel any guilt about it, and I don't want you to say anything to me. And that's what they're doing. I like that. Valley said, God doesn't neglect the role of a father. That's exactly right. What kind of father would I be if I never tell my kids things they don't want to hear? Because I want them to always be happy. I want them to always be happy and do it. And, and listen, part of this overcoming adversity, the adversity is you being able to do everything you want to do. You're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do. And, and, and no matter what, no matter what you think you might go be going through, that's why I love, I love 2 Corinthians 4.17, because it really highlights it. It's like we used to tell our kids all the time, no matter how bad you hate this, you ain't on the cross. You ain't on the cross. The Bible says, our light affliction, what the thing that God asked you to do that you didn't want to do and you have to bow your knee to do, he says, the thing, that, that thing, whatever it is, 
It's a light affliction. Think about this. They told Daniel he couldn't pray. But Daniel prayed anyway. And Daniel considered that a light affliction. Even though they told him, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. He, that's a lot of affliction. <laughs> what, what, what you throw me in the lion's den because I won't pray to my heavenly father is a lot of affliction. He says, which is but for a moment. Why? Because what God is doing works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It is much more valuable for us to obey God than to just be comfortable with man. And I say with man, meaning ourselves. And I just, I think it's incredibly sad that people allow offense, because that's all it is. It's, you, you, you get offended. You offended with the pastor. You offended with the church. You offended that something didn't work out the way you thought it should. You offended that that that, that, that somebody corrected you. And, and because You're offended that God has standards. You're offended. You're offended that God has standards. And, and, and because you are offended, then you allow this door to be open. And the Bible says that where there is where there is strife, where there's envy and strife because is, of offense, there, there is every evil work. And literally, God told me one time because I was offended at something that had happened um, and, and, and I had held that offense. And God literally says to me, he says, do you not see what you're doing? He said, it would be like taking all of the doors off of your home and going to sleep at night and everything outside of your home, bugs, people, the, people who want to rob you, just having free access to your life. He said, that is what you're doing. And literally, it wasn't until I had this demonic encounter that I fully understood exactly what he was talking about. I don't have to tell, I don't want to tell stories he gets us off of this. My, my point is this, is that nobody is immune to the idea that if you keep that, there are demonic entities that have free access to your life. Amen. Amen. And so it's what we go through is a lot of affliction. It's just for a moment, you know, and, 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 and this idea of, of overcoming adversity is so important because the Bible says in Proverbs 24 and 10 that if we faint in the day of adversity, then our strength is small. In other words, if you if you if you if you have to make the decision that obeying God is too hard and you just rather go ahead and do what you're doing. He says, your strength is small. Your strength is your faith. He says, your faith is small. So you out here talking about how much faith you have. You out here talking about how close you are to God. You out here talking about all the revelation that's being downloaded to you. But in the day of adversity, when God asks you to do something that you didn't want to do, you fail. You shrink. He says, your faith is Whoa. small. Your faith is small. Well, some of it, too, is I was thinking when you just said this, is that if you fade in the day of adversity, your strength is small, is that the truth of it is, is that many of us get offended with God when everything isn't easy. So we get offended with God when everything doesn't happen as magic. We get offended with God when someone talks about us. We get offended with God when the, it didn't work out the way that we thought it was going to be. And really, a lot of times if people would admit it, they're not really offended with people. They are offended with God. And because they are offended with God, they think it's okay to do whatever they want to do in the house of God. Yep. Because offense gives you liberty to get out of honor. Oh, Lord. Let me say that again. Say that you can't. Offense gives you the liberty to get out of honor. How do I know that? Anytime, and you check it for your own life, 
Anytime you have become offended with anyone or anything, you get the liberty to dishonor that thing. It tells you it's okay. You don't, you, you no longer have to honor them. Oh, you know how, but, 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 but David understood that. So he didn't allow his offense with Saul to allow him to dishonor Saul, even when he could have. What check it. So I've been single a long time. I'm offended with God that I still don't have yeah. a person. Yeah. And my offense with God allows me to go into fornication and feel okay with it because fundamentally I'm offended with God because God still hasn't sent me because somebody yet. offense gives me the liberty to dishonor, to, to, to walk to out of honor. That's right. And the truth of it is, is that if most of us, if we go back to young relationships, when people get offended, they tell all the stuff they never yep. would have told. Yep. You can be they best friends for 25 years. Y'all done did all kind of dirt together. Got all kind of secrets or whatever else you want to call it. And the moment you fall out and get offended, you spill all the beans. Why? Because offense gives you the liberty to walk away from honor. It gives you the liberty to walk away from honor. And I'm sure married couples can see it. You get offended with your spouse. Now you think you can say and do anything. You and start it was okay. sharing stuff with people who don't even need to know what's going on with y'all because you offended. And when you are offended, I'm telling you, the Lord told me that. He said, when you are offended, it gives you the liberty to walk away from honor. And when you walk away from honor, all you walk into is dishonor. And then when you walk into dishonor, whatever you sow is what you reap. So you wonder why all this dishonor starts to follow you. I, I just, uh, who, who just like, I just want to repent, man, because you think about this and there are literally people who don't realize that they keep having situations happen to them because their offense let them get in dishonor. And now what they're harvesting, see, here's the thing. It doesn't matter the seeds you've sown because you're still talking about the pastor. Yep. It doesn't matter the hard work you've done at work because you're still talking about the leadership. So you're wondering why you're hard, because you think the money seed overtakes the dishonor seed. So you're like, why am I being dishonored at work? Why am I being dishonored in my home? Why am I being dishonored all of these places? Why? Because I sold dishonor. Yep. Because when I left that church, I thought it was okay to talk about them like a dog. When I left that relationship, I thought it was okay to talk about them like a dog. When I got mad with God, I thought it was okay to take my time, to not go to church, to do what I want to do. And now I don't understand why God is saying it should be my best season ever. And it's not my best season ever because I got on a path that is reaping corruption and, and, and I am reaping corruption, reaping offense, reaping rebellion, reaping dishonor. And I think I can simply rebuke it, but you cannot rebuke the demons that you have let moving. Oh my God. You must kick out the demons that you have let moving. You know, I see people saying it. I agree. I, I repent for every time I've allowed offense me too. in my life to give me liberty to walk away from honor. Yes. I repent for that because and, 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 and because and it's a thing that I dealt with you know years ago, but I still I remind myself of that because there are things that people still do that, that if I'm not careful, I could take offense to. But I remember the scripture says you'll have many opportunities to be offended, but don't, don't take, take them. them. But don't take them. And the reason he says don't take those opportunities to be offense to be offended is because if you do, 
It's going to give you the liberty to walk away from honor. Now, we're talking about overcoming adversity, right? So, so, so. He's such a teacher. So, Bring us so, back. So God doesn't, God doesn't warn us of something that's not coming. Come on. So in November Come of on. 2021, before we walked into this year, God gave us this prophetic guiding word. And we got excited about one part of it because it said in one part of it, it says that we are blessed, we are ready, ready and, and we, we shall win. win. And we were excited about that. But I was reading through it again yesterday and I was like, but there was a warning in that too, though. It was. And if you if, if you let me allow warning. me to paraphrase it, I won't read it all, but there's a couple of things that he says. One of the things he says, he says, for I am in the midst of all concerning thee. Okay. I'm in the midst of all concerning thee. He then comes back and he tells us, you are blessed, you are ready, and you shall win. Okay. He then says to us, now, don't be in a panic and don't be in a rush. Do not be in fear. And watch this. Don't what? Get out of love. Don't let offense cause you to have the liberty to walk away from honor. And then he says, and then know this. I am here to see you through. What does he need to see us through in? What, adversity. adversity, adversity, tribulation, whatever's going to happen because he knew it was going to happen. We might not know the time or the season, but 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 he gave us the word to guide us through 2022. And I can tell you that there are some things in the next several months we're going to see and we'll be able to come back to this broadcast and be like, wow, dad said that. Or Pastor Edwin said that. Or the strict said that. Whatever I am to you. He said that. He says, know this. I am here to see you through. Then he says this in the, in the prophetic word. And even if you see what? Trouble. Adversity, tribulation, problems. He says, remember, for what? Every circumstance. Most circumstances. Every. Have. Every. Almost all of them. Every. Every circumstance that shall come what? Your, Your way. way. You are already what? Blessed, Blessed, ready, and you shall win. But that is only if we are staying in him. In the prophetic word, he tells us this thing, these things are coming. You're going to have victories this year, but there's going to be some trials and some tribulations that are going to come. And what the enemy wants to do is to pull us away from God and his word. So when the adversity and tribulation comes, he makes us do irrational things. You know, I had a, I had a couple of dreams this year where people who we know, you know, in my dream at least, got away from God. And when something happened, they ended up taking their own life. And in a dream, I always go, man, that's so crazy. They would never do that. But the reality of it is you don't know what people will do when adversity comes if they get away from God. You don't know what people will do when trouble comes. You don't know what people, how people would behave or how they would respond. You think that somebody you know would never take their life, but if the enemy can draw them away, that's exactly what the, listen, the enemy is a terrorist. The Bible says he comes to do three things. It. He comes to do what? To steal, steal kill, kill, and destroy. And if he can get you away from what anchors you, just like if a ship pulled up, lost its anchor, it would be at the whim of the sea. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to be at his whim. He wants to be able to toss and turn you any way he can. And some of us are just playing right into his hands because we don't understand that this word, the play, if God called you to FOC, 
And I'm just going to say, you ought to do everything you can to stay connected. If somebody's trying to get you to disconnect, you ought to disconnect from them because God doesn't call us to a place not to have us rescued. So if you say, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean are my pastors, FOC is my home, then when we tell you it's important not to miss a service, when we tell you it's important to read your Bible, when we say it's important for you to take communion as often as you can, it's important for you to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, that ought to become important to you. Why? Because God is telling us what to tell you to keep you safe. Which is, again, you still would have to believe that the fivefold ministry is gifts for the perfecting yep. of the saints. But again, this is the thing we say. And, we, and, and, and let me tell you something. You need to know this. Covenant relationships will always be tested. Yes. We have been walking with mom and dad, what, for 20 years now? 20, mm -hmm. 20 years mm -hmm. now. And I can't tell you the number of people who thought they would go slither in and say something slick to get us to dishonor them. And I can't tell you the number of people who we don't fool with as a result and of it. And we openly tell them we and rebuke them for doing so. And see, here's the difference with some of y'all. When people say stuff, you laugh or you don't say nothing. Literally, if you say something dishonorable, we can be laughing and joking. Kiki, ha ha. Ah, and you, we, ha, we, ha. we laugh and got tears crying. I'd be like, you out of bounds, you're disrespectful, and you're being used by the devil, and you cannot be in my life. And I give you one. I'll give you one slip up. Baby, the, you I, one. I'll give you, I, I'll, I'll, give you I'll, I'll tell you that you messed up, but if you do it again, you, you can't be in my life. You can't be in my life because what you're saying is in your heart. And whatever in your heart toward them is not going to be in my heart toward them. Because all the enemy really wants to do is plant a seed so that when you do get offended, now that liberty shows up to be dishonorable. And now you got a justification for being dishonorable. I, I got rid of some people who tried to plant that you were jealous because I was traveling and you weren't. Oh no no! Which I is don't clearly that they don't know me. I don't, I don't fool with you because I don't, I don't you. want to. I, don't I, don't I, fool with I, you. I, I, I asked the prayer team to stop saying that. They kept saying we sending Pastor Aaron, Pastor Sean to the world. No, you're not. You're sending Pastor Sean to the world. Let's be clear about what we're praying about because I know my assignment, and my assignment is not to go to the world and do that kind of ministry. And so the, the people who were trying to plant that was just they were lying. But I'm saying to you that people will come in and they'll be like, you know, Ralph, you just do whatever pastor say. I am telling you that those people are on demonic assignment. And those are not things you laugh and kiki about. Those are times you look at people. Listen, let me tell you something. Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. When Peter said to Jesus, you are not going to the cross. Literally, Peter and Jesus had just had an exchange. And Peter had, G Peter, Jesus said, who did he mean say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. Jesus said, nobody could have revealed that to you but by the Holy he Ghost. Said, flesh and blood did, did not, not reveal, reveal this to you. He said, I know you hearing from God. Peter then turned around and said, ain't no way you going to the cross. Jesus turned around, looked him in the he face and said, I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you, Satan. And some of you. you how did he know it was Satan? Because if he didn't go to the cross, none of us would ever be able to be here today. He said, I rebuke you, Satan. You gotta, you gotta recognize when Satan shows up in somebody who's even coming in a against, friend, who's coming against your prophetic destiny. Even in a friend, even in a spouse, even on your job, and you gotta learn how to put a guard on that. 
I do, I'm telling you, no, I'm Trinika, and I will rebuke you. Yes. And I will rebuke yes. you. And I don't care that I don't care because about people, you being because mad. rebuke don't mean I cuss you out. That's right. And, and we got to understand what rebuke is. Rebuke means is to turn and correct. I will turn and correct you. You do not get to say that about the people I'm in covenant relationship with. You do not. You just don't. Not you don't get to here. do that. Not and, over and, here. and for some of you, that's overcoming adversity because you so, you, 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 I don't even use the Fix word meek because meek is actually a nice thing. You so lily-livered that you won't say something to somebody who is, who, is, who is trying to pull you away from the thing God has called you to. And so that's, that's part of overcoming adversity. Look, Psalms 37 and 19 <laughs> says this. It says, even in a time of disaster, God will watch over them. And they will always, praise God, do what? Have, have more than, than enough, enough, no matter what happens. happens. When you are living your life in such a way that that is your testimony, that no matter what happens, you always have more than enough, it makes you attractive to those who don't know God. Mm -hmm. It makes you attractive to those who don't know God. And it allows you to be a distribution center and a resource in times of calamity in times of adversity, in times of tribulation for other people. And then people want to know, how are you prospering when we're when everybody else isn't? And then you get to say, it's because of God. And he literally says, and you know, I don't think people take that word seriously enough. He says, you'll have more than enough, no matter, no matter. what happens. No matter what happens. Well, what if the economy fails? No matter what happens. But what if the grid, power grid fails? No matter what happens. What if we go into war? No matter what happens. If you if you sit and talk, man, listen, y'all tell us y'all big takeaway as we get ready to wrap up. But if you sit and talk to any of the people who we know have longevity in, in ministry, they have all said that there have been times when even the people they looked up to did something and other people tried them to get them to be dishonorable and they refused to be dishonorable. Yeah. I believe that many of you are in a season right now, and I don't just mean with us. I mean with your job. I mean with your spouse. Because I he's mean, just looking for one area. Because he's just looking for one area. It don't have area. to be in the church. He's just one looking for area. one area first one to get area. you to be able to be rebellious in. One area. And I think you need to make a decision that even if the enemy sends someone to be bait, you're not biting. You're not biting. So these, these, um, and 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 I want to say this, and I've, I've watched it happen over the last two years, and I don't just mean for our ministry. I, it always ends bad for the people who plant the poison. Yep. It always ends poorly for the people who plant the poison. Woe unto you who are planting poison. Woe unto you that are planting poison. In 2020, um, I watched somebody who was in my in my group try to gather everybody together, basically to get them to leave my group, mainly because she was upset because I had corrected her about something. And I have watched her life literally be hell for the last two years. You can't sow out of that. You have nope. to repent. You out have of to. That. You have to repent. You have to repent. Come back and correct that. that. You have to repent. This is really when I learned about how dangerous it was to play this game. You would never tell this story, but I'm gonna tell this story. Years ago, when you were a, you we were we used to meet at McNair, and there was a man and his family, and they had come to the church. Yep. And that man had not been successful at any church. 
because any church he went to, even though he wasn't a pastor, he wanted to be the pastor mm -hmm. and he wanted to correct the teaching. And he, he got upset with you because he wanted you to teach something differently um, than you would teach it. Yep. And instead of him just leaving, he wouldn't just leave. Yep. He tried to take everybody with him and he's tried to spill a lot of poison before he can left. Yep. He ended up leaving the church months go past. Months. Months. Maybe, maybe, maybe six months. Maybe nine even. It um, may have been a school year. It may have been a school year. And one day, this guy comes to your job. Yep. And he comes to your job and he is distraught. Yep. Crying. He is crying. I thought somebody had died. Distraught. And he is so distraught that he literally is laid on the floor at your feet and you are tripping because you like, dude, get in off. the front office, in the front office, not in my office. He has the laid front office the on school. the floor on his feet. Tell him what he said. I don't even remember the whole conversation. What I remember him saying was basically that he hadn't been able to sleep, that, that, that he had been being tormented. Uh, and, and he just had to come and, and, and ask me for forgiveness. If I would please forgive him because the only way that the, the, I don't know if he said demons or the spirits was going to leave him alone. Is if God told me he had to come back and repent and ask me for forgiveness. And of course, I forgave him. I wanted to get up off the floor uh, in the middle of the school. And of course, I forgave him, you know, and I hadn't really heard from him since then. Uh, but he was being tormented. So this is what I remember. And his wife reached out to me. So mm -hmm. I knew the other part of this, that the man was walking in such offense against you that he literally started having um, suicidal and home, uh, homicidal ideation. Mm. And he had literally come to himself standing over his kid's bed, wanting to kill his kids. Mm. And the Lord told his wife to tell him he needed to go back and fix it. I couldn't understand he, nothing. He was, he was just, I'm not being funny. He was just crying and blubbering. I couldn't hardly hear nothing he said. I just said, man, I forgive you. Be blessed. Get but up. that, but that he get up had, off the floor. I know, but that his wife got a word, and sometimes your spouse is the one who tells you that you're offended. Your spouse is the one who tells you, and and her, and she said to him, she said, "You either have to go and fix this, or you can't live here because you're going to destroy us all. Mm -hmm. You're going to destroy That's us all." That's all that Amy wants to do, and that is why that lesson. I don't even know if we knew the Brazeltons then, but that lesson is how I entered we into. Huh? We did. We, we knew them. Mm -hmm. I, I, that lesson for me is the thing why I don't play about. And and here's the thing: I want you to know this. You can treat Kim Dennis com um, common, but if God assigned Kim to you and you mistreat Kim. The, the attacks that come on you because of what you did to her. It's not about the person it's esteeming not. themselves. It is not about not. me giving myself a title or Chris giving herself a title or Chandra or Trina giving herself a title. It is about when God places you in a position. And this is the thing. People really don't understand this. When you try to overthrow someone God has set, you're not fighting them. You're fighting God. No, that's scripture. Who said that's that? Um, that is... um, in, in Acts, he said it in Acts. I, I'll find it for you because I just read it. I, I, you, I just read it too. You, but but uh, he, he said something about uh, who was that? Um, 
I thought Paul was saying it too. It's a place, it's someplace in the Bible, and I, I'll have to find it, but it's, it literally, he basically says, hey, they're not fighting against, God says it to it's, he it's said, not he, Paul who said it, hold on a second, I'm fighting for it. Okay, you find it. Basically, uh, the whole idea is, is that it's what you said. You're not fighting against the person, you're fighting against God. And when you're fighting against God, you're always going to come on the short end of the stick. Which is the reason that if you don't like a church and you can't serve, shut up and leave. Just leave. If you don't like a company and you can't do right. And don't leave and still, and still be talking. And still shut be up. doing. Shut they, up is the first part. Shut up. And then leave. And then leave. Yes. And that's why I say that many people have gotten into witchcraft because you're sitting in places. It's in Acts 5. You're sitting in places. Where um, you are fighting, yeah, and, and, and saying, the yeah. problem is, is that offense makes you think that you are right to be dishonorable. Yeah, that 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 one in Acts there is about like it's hard to kick against the prick if it's of God, but but it was, it's another one somewhere. It we won't I won't stress to find it, but it, it's another one somewhere that literally um, is is. It, Oh, now it's going to bother me. We such Bible people, but here we go. It was Gamaliel, because Gamaliel says they want them to stop preaching the gospel. And he says to the Pharisees, he says, listen here, there have been other times people rose up and they were overthrown. But if this is God, you are fighting against God. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will find yourself fighting against God. Yeah. Guys, that's New Testament. That's New Testament. It's another one. It's another one. It's another one. But we, but we ain't got to do all that. We, find we, it we can close. We can it's close. A, find it, baby. Uh -uh, but it, listen. Well, okay. What are your takeaways? What do you need to do? We didn't get to the four things. We can always do that later. Hey, we can do that. We, I said, I, no, I'm we telling them. Because I, oh. I, I told them on Wednesday. That I you said, go we, get to yeah, the four things. We didn't get to them. We can do them later. That's, that's what I saw. I'm saying. Everybody knows that if I'm here, you probably not going to get to all four of your right. points. But when you there, you going to get all your points. But when I'm here, you're not going to get all your points, right? You're going to listen, guys. No, Angie said David and Saul also. David refused to harm. You looking for this? Are you looking for this? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so listen, what I'm saying to you guys is that there are going to be people that do things that disappoint you. There are going to be people that do things that you don't like. There are going to be times where you get corrected. There's always an honorable way to handle it. Yeah. And how you handle that type of adversity determines how you live in times of trouble. There are going to be times that you're in a, at your job and they're going to try to get you to come in and talk about people. Be quiet. There are going to be times where you're at church. They're going to get you to talk about people. Be quiet. It's going to be times that in your family, they're going to want to try to get you to talk about people. Be quiet because the enemy only you said something so good. The enemy only needs one door. And many of us open doors that show up in ministry because of doors we opened other places. Mm -hmm. Because we think that when we disagree with people, we have the right to be dishonored. Liberty. We have we think we literally think that our disagreement with you gives us permission to manage you and say whatever we want to say about you. Yep. And we're going, but you know what? It's not going to be so for Fellowship Champions. No. Because you know what our partners are going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to live righteously. Yep. We're going to be honorable to yep. people. We're going to keep our mouth off things that God has told us to keep our mouth off of. We're going to treat people with honor and respect. And we are going to prosper in this season yep. and the next. Amen. We are going to prosper in this season 
and the next. Amen. Why? Because we're gonna do it God's way. I, it's, it's it's like seventy people left here. If you go if you go prosper in this season and next, because you go do it God's way. I need you to see your comments. Listen, if somebody comes to you and they're offended about something, you give them the biblical way. Have you talked to this person? I can go with you to talk to this. Don't person. let people dump trash in your front yard. Don't don't let people drunk, don't let them. Don't don't let it. Don't, don't let, let, don't let them. them dump trash in your front yard. Don't let don't them. let them bring that uh, that that little whispering offensive stuff to you to get in your heart don't because the enemy is just looking for an opportunity to allow that seed to germinate and grow in your life. Don't do it. Don't I'm it. doing it God's way, and I want you to just as we get ready to give today, I want you to say, "I am doing it God's way." I'm doing it God's way. And guys, you don't even have to chase the blessing of God if you no, will do it God's way. In fact, if you are chasing the prosperity to increase the blessing of God, then you are not doing it God's way because he says all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Yes. People of God should never have to chase a blessing. Yeah. Why? If we obey God and we chase after God, then the blessings overtake us. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm doing it. Amen. Way. Listen. So if the Lord is dealing with you in your heart that you said things about people in your family that you shouldn't have, you said things about your spouse that you shouldn't have, you said you sold discord, you participated in gossip, you've been messy, you've aligned with people, break up with that today. We don't have as that we ain't we ain't got no time for that. You know why? Why? Because we're about to be set up, be a light on a hill, impact more people than we have ever impacted in our lives. And there are some people to you that I just want to tell you this. Pastor Edwin said that the Lord said to him that there are people that have walked away that are going to come back and need help. That's for us, too. Yeah. If our leader gets that word, that's for us, too. So whoever you got a little salt against because they didn't pay that $57 back, whoever you know talked about you and they, mm -hmm. they haven't ever dealt with it, you need to deal with all of that because if that person comes back or God tells you to help them, and you, you need to have the right heart and the right posture. Because if so you that, don't, it puts you in the same position that they're in. It does. It puts you in the right. There, there are people out there. People have taken advantage of you. They have lied on yep. you. They have done all kinds yep. of stuff to you. You need to get before the Lord and say, I release them. I renounce them. Don't wait till they show up. Do don't. it now. Do it now so you're ready to do it. That's what the, I feel like that's what God keeps saying. Don't wait because if you wait till they show up, you won't be prepared to do what I've asked you to do. So we'll do it now. Do it now. Do, do it. it now. All right, listen, it's your opportunity to give. Maybe somebody wants to rededicate their life today. Maybe somebody wants to... Um, um, wants to give their life to the Lord. I love if Shabandra say his way is better. But listen, when you sow your seed today, I want you to name your seed honor. Remind yourself to be honorable. Ways to give, you can use Givelify, Pushpay, Tidely, or text to give at 833-969-0897 or PayPal for our international partners. But I want you to name your seed. I want you to purpose in your heart, I will be honorable. And I will be honorable. I will be, if nobody else is honorable, I will be honorable. I will owe, nobody is worth me dishonoring God. Mm -hmm. No one, is, no, no matter what they say about me, no matter what they do to me, no matter how they try to set a trap for me, 
No one is worth me dishonoring God. And if office was about to snatch you away, we call you back in Jesus' Amen. name. If office was about to make you shipwreck, we call you back in Jesus, in name. Jesus name. And I also pray for you right now that you would not be people who are easily offended and your feelings get hurt easily. Mm -hmm. I want you to pray that you begin to ask God to help me grow up and not be a person who is so easily offended and gets my feelings hurt so easy. Part of that, and I tell, I was actually speaking to somebody about this the other day, well, about a week ago. Part of doing that is finding your worth in God. When you find your total worth in being in God, the little slights and things that people say, whether they mean them or don't mean them, don't impact you. But when all of your work is caught up into what someone thinks about you, even a, even an opportunity where they say something where they didn't mean it in a bad way, you can take it in a bad way. But you got to find your worth in God. All right. I think this was a good message today. Listen, y'all tell Pat, we didn't think you was mad. It was just okay. a good teaching. Hey, I don't like the fuss, but, I, 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 but, you know, just this week has been real eye-opening in terms of, like, I don't know how to describe it because I, you know, people who are, I say people who are prophetic are probably used to seeing things all the time. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, that's not, that's not how I operate. I don't, I'm not always. Maybe it wasn't how you operate. Maybe it's a new season. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm not going to say it's not. <laughs> maybe. What I know though is that when God starts showing me things and he starts talking to me, I don't get anxious for people, because that's 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 not what God, I get concerned about people not seeing what I see, because if they don't see what I see, they may not correct themselves. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say this, and and it's gonna sound to me, it's gonna sound fussy and it's gonna sound angry, and that's not ever how I ever want to come across. But at the same time, I'm not going to be disobedient and not say what God is saying so that people don't get warned. Because if one person hears this and change, then I've done what I was supposed to do. And so that's why this week was just been, been different. Boy, you don't really fuss. I know. Yeah. Y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> you don't really, you know. Hey, listen, don't forget, uh, this is. Pastor Appreciation Month. You got to at least put it up it's there. Right quick. We can't put it up unless I take us off the screen. Hey, put it up for a second and we can come right back. Okay, I'm going to put it up and you're not going to hear anything. You're just going to see the banner. So hold on a second. Okay, now. See? <laughs> okay. But you could have put it to the side, though. Okay, so there, okay. so there, 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 there you go. So I put it in all of our groups so that you can read it, you can see it. The first week we are honoring Pastor Kristen Valley, who is our uh, worship pastor and also on our prayer team and our daughter and does everything else we've ever asked her to do and loves and honors us. And so uh, she prays for y'all a lot. So uh, y'all should y'all should really reach out to her this week. Say nice things to her if you think about her. Send her a Starbucks gift card. Sow a seed into our life uh, because it's just good to be appreciated. Um, no one has to do uh, what she does. And so we appreciate her for serving this ministry and for serving you. And so as a result, 
uh, we just ask you to be mindful of that this week. And every week, we're going to take an opportunity to honor uh, others who are serving uh, in this ministry and serving you. And so uh, we thank God for Pastor Chris and honor her all this week. That's her cash app if you want to sow into her life. And you really do want to sow into her yep. life. Even if you don't know you do, you really want to. And I love what um, Linsa said. I think I said her name right. She said, fuss if you got to, Pastor, if you get somebody saved. You're right. She's like, if you got to fuss, <laughs> fuss. Sometimes your kids don't understand until you fuss. Like, right. if you fuss, right. fuss, <laughs> fuss if you have to. She You're says, right. as long as it leads to somebody's salvation. Who I would rather somebody fuss at me and save me from damnation than say something sweet and I end up in a bad situation. Fuss if you must. I appreciate that, Linsa. <laughs> yes. All right. Y'all, Um, we love y'all. Please honor Chris this week. We're going to be honoring everybody all during this month. The, the ministry will be sowing into them, but we give you an opportunity to sow into them as well. We could not do what we do without them. And we appreciate our ministers we love you. We thank you for everything you do. Pastor Chris, we, we would not be here without you. We appreciate your prayers, how you take care of us, how you take care of other people. And we want to publicly say we love you. 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 And we pray that this year is your best year so far and that God blesses you, increases you, and causes you to prosper every place you go in every Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a great week. Y'all have a great week. Bye-bye.